The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Good afternoon, everybody. Eric Franson, Ajay Salveson. Man, it was so beautiful like three hours ago. And this this cloud, man, this weather has just been it's been so shaky. Uh, yeah. Gosh, darn it. Um, uh, unfortunately, I think it's apropos for the mood this afternoon. This yeah. was some of the news happening in Logan and Cache Valley. Um, it's uh, it's been a it's been a rough couple of days. It has. You know, people trying to find uh, this this lost little girl. Um, it turns out she wasn't lost; she was taken. Uh, and it's taken days to finally get information about where she might be. It sounds like they have located her body. Have they found her body then, Eric? Is sounds that the like report? They have. Uh, there's going to be a press conference coming up next hour, five o'clock. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think. Uh, don't quote me on this, but I think our sister station KVNU. Uh, we'll be doing a live broadcast of that. I know our our, our good friend Will Philwright's been doing some live updates this afternoon from the area where some of this stuff has been going on. So um, when we get off the air, switch the channel uh, and find out the latest details on that. So sad story, uh, just how it's come down. Big props to all the people in the community who have tried to get out and, and search, to the search and rescue crews, the many, many different, law enforcement agencies that have been involved to the local restaurants and others that are providing food and water and hydration and snacks it's to all these people. It's been a, a major, major effort. People have been going nonstop for the last four or five days. So, And it's so unfortunate. I love what the officer said in the press conference today, Eric, uh, that this isn't, this isn't, uh, this isn't our community. This isn't what our community is about is, is this, this heinous act um, and this very selfish um, and disgusting act by this uh, this this man who who committed it, um, but more so the community coming together. That's what the that's what Logan and Cash Valley is about is coming together, and, um, and especially in times of need. I don't have any kids. I don't know the family personally in any way, shape, or form. But I it, it man, it was hard. Did not get emotional listening to that press conference today. Well, that that's what's been so hard about this whole ordeal the last several days. Because this is a five-year-old kid. Yeah. So it's just it's sad. It makes me sick. Sad, sad. So there are details on CashValleyDaily.com right now. Uh, we understand more details will be revealed publicly here within the within the next hour. Um, so keep checking back to that. Tune into KVNU, our sister station. They'll be doing some more coverage. Thoughts and prayers out to that family, Throughout though. The I can imagine. So, yeah, rough. Doggone Rough it. couple of days. But uh, if anything, today we've there's some closure uh, to this. So anyway, uh, in light of that, we'll we'll try to provide uh, a little bit of a distraction, a little bit of relief, we hope, from some of those things that have been going on. Um, there are certainly some... Other things that are going on, we'll try to get into. There's certainly uh, the NBA Finals, which will be getting underway. Those matchups are now set. Uh, the NHL Stanley Cup Finals are already underway. There's this big uh, group, big long list of players that played NCAA basketball who are underclassmen who 
put themselves into the opportunity to get drafted into the NBA, but with some new rules, they had chances to talk to agents, to talk to teams, but have until today to withdraw their names if they want to. If they don't, then they're all in. Some players have already announced that they're all in and that they do plan to continue to pursue an opportunity at the next level. thing is, it is a very long list, and there just aren't that many slots available in the NBA. Yeah, that's a great, great, great way to put it. Uh, there's only two rounds of draft, right, in the NBA. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah, you're right. It isn't. Um, 60-something players will get drafted. Um, and and the crazy thing is, I mean, I've seen really talented players not get drafted and end up going to the G League, which is not a horrible thing. It's getting better. But yeah, exactly. And it's but it's just unexpected for their talent. And uh, sometimes it works out, and sometimes it doesn't. Um, and that might be the case here. You're right, though, Eric. There is a list. I mean, a chuckful list that um, that you've been looking through, and and I've been looking through, and I just I think, man. Some of these guys, either they're getting false information about how good they are and what their potential can be, or uh, that they that or that they think they can make it through the G League and and make an impact in the NBA, which I hope is the case. Um, you know, a couple names stand out to me, and and I'll let you point out a few as well, Eric. Um, uh, but Yoli Childs at BYU obviously had a monstrous game against Utah State last year at the Marriott Center. Uh, where they dominated Utah State, um, I, I, I I haven't seen him on a first round draft or mock draft yet. Eric Yoli Childs, I have not seen on a first round mock draft yet, and I haven't either. And I wouldn't suspect that I would. Real? Um, are you? So you're not surprised by that, huh? No, not not really. Just because okay. of all the other players that are available. Okay, I, mean, I think he's a good player. Uh, I, I think he'd be a, a maybe a, a bench guy mm-hmm. to give you a few minutes. I think he's going to be somebody that I don't know. He might make a roster, but I would see him more in the in the developmental league for a while. I, I think if if he can refine um, an outside shot, then he'll make an NBA roster. I think he's really close. Hey, what? And then the other I don't guy think he's quite quite there. I haven't seen, and maybe I'm missing his name. And if I am, please let me know, Eric. But Brandon Clark of Gonzaga, have you seen his name at all in in the mock draft for first round? In and the if, first round? Yeah, and if so, I, I've probably just missed it. I've honestly, I've seen one report. Um, it's it's a non-branded website, but they have him going 12th to the Charlotte Hornets. What? Yeah. Wow. I didn't know Brandon Clark was that good. But to be a top 15 pick out of Gonzaga would be saying something. I just didn't think, I don't know, maybe I'm way off my rocker too, but yeah, I... And like I said, maybe I might have missed his name. Um, obviously, uh, no. Uh, look, I, I'm on CBS. They what have do they him say? As, uh, number eleven. Okay, so they do have him in the, the top Timberwolves. fifteen. Okay. Well, cool. Good I, for I, them. Yeah. Good. I. Jeez. I would have think. I would have thought he'd be. <laughs> I didn't think he was a top fifteen pick. Yeah, but I'm right I, off. I haven't checked these uh, recently. Um. Hey. But since the the combine, uh, I really haven't checked these since the combine. Yeah, sure, more, sure. More players have been working out with individual teams. You start to get a feel from those teams, kind of the, how they react to the, those individual workouts. 
Uh, certainly the deadline is is today. Some of these guys have already mm-hmm. said, I'm already going forward. I know I'm staying with the draft. But, I mean, Gonzaga's Rui Hachimura uh, is another guy that could be a first round. No kidding. Yeah. Hey, can I ask you about two guys? I, I should have done better research on this part, and I didn't. And forgive me to the listeners, please. But uh, two guys I want to ask you about on that CBS Sports list. Uh, Carson Edwards out of Purdue, he had that big run in that tournament yeah. and the Big Ten. I, I was wondering if his name's on there. Uh, CBS has him at 27th going to the Nets. And Kyle Guy out of Virginia. Uh, Kyle Guy, I don't see him. Okay, and he's a, he, I mean, he's a sharpshooter too. So, but and then, do they have DeAndre Hunter still in the top ten? The last time I checked, he was in the top ten. I just wonder if he's still there. Yeah, he should be. Um, yeah, they've got CBS again. I'm referencing them. I'm you sure? Others, sure yeah. But they have him going number four overall to the Lakers. Okay, that's that's the last time I saw him too. Is where he and I, that was on ESPN mocks draft. They had him at four. So, okay, cool. Is there anybody to you that you're kind of waiting to wonder if they're going to make any impact here in the draft at all? Well, some of the guys that I'm so curious to see if they decide to stay or go are guys that are close to home that we're familiar with, like Nico Carvacho at Colorado State. Has he still? Do you know if he's pulled out yet or not? Uh, from what I've seen, not yet. Uh, so we'll try to verify that here real quick. Uh, the other one is uh, Jarek Harding at Weber State. Nico Carvacho has withdrawn his name, by the way. He has withdrawn. Yep. Just okay. And he just did that like an hour, two hours ago, looks like. There you go. Uh, what was the other name you said? Uh, Jarek Harding. Oh, Weber State. Yes. Uh, I, he's coming back, actually. Uh, if I remember right, because I saw that on Twitter yesterday. I'm pretty sure. I hope I'm wrong. I mean, right. Uh, yeah, he's actually coming back to the NBA, or excuse me, coming back to college as well for his senior year. To Weber. Uh, hey, Jalen McDaniels of San Diego State. Any word on... He, he is going in. Okay. He's going to stay in the draft. Anything on his mock... The last time I saw him in a mock draft, he was like a 20. He was a bottom first-round pick. Have you seen... I know you're I mean, at CBS Sports. I And like I said, I haven't had a chance to really do any deep research on this one list today, but... Um, uh, he's not listed on the uh, CBS. He's not, huh? Uh, that kind of surprises me that he's not... Because he is talented. He is a good ball player. Um, yeah, I, I'd be really... Man, if he's not a first-round pick, he's got to be a high second-rounder. He's got to be a high second-rounder. Uh, that that wouldn't surprise me to see him in the second round. I don't know how how high specifically sure, sure. Uh, I might put him. Hmm. Um, but... I could see him making an NBA squad. I'd like to see him make an NBA squad. I I really think he'd be good. I think and I and I think he'd dominate in the G League. I really do. And then I think he'd actually be productive in off coming off the bench for an NBA team. That's an yeah. That's another guy I'm gonna have my eyes on. Um, see where he ends up if he does end up anywhere. If he doesn't get drafted, I'm gonna be shocked. A couple other guys that are underclassmen have made it clear that they are going to go and stay in the uh, NBA draft. Some guys that are, again, a little bit closer to home or people that we followed or or we saw uh, regularly. Um, one of those guys is, uh, as we mentioned, Jalen McDaniels. Another one is Joel Ntambwe. Which one was he again? From UNLV. That's right. Um, someone that the Aggies faced was Lugans Dort down at Arizona State. A physical guard. Uh, that he's going to go. 
um, and uh, some others that that became kind of well known. We already mentioned DeAndre Hunter. He's an underclassman that's going to go. Ty Jerome, also at Virginia, is going to continue in to the draft. Uh, Jarrett Culver at Texas Tech. Uh, those are some of the more uh, notable ones. Brandon Clark also. So there are some notable underclassmen that are going to be in this draft class. And there's still, there's still a little bit of a chance for some of these guys, underclassmen, to still pull their names out and return to school without penalty. But if uh, they haven't made that announcement by the end of the day today, then they're in. Hey, yeah, is there a time deadline? for? Is it just midnight, you think? I don't know if there's a time deadline that they got to make that decision by, but... Kind of yeah, I'm not sure if it's a... midnight Eastern. Okay, that that would be so. It's certainly if you're on the West Coast, that's earlier. But um, yeah, still, there's going to be some other uh, other players making their announcements. Uh, some have just within the last day or two. We heard from Nimiash Keta yesterday, uh, Nico Carvacho today, saying that he's going to come back to you, to uh, Colorado State. And uh, I I liked Nico <clears throat> Carvacho. I I thought that uh, Keta. Played him very I well. I thought Keta ate his lunch. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's good for someone like that to come back. I mm-hmm. think that's going to be a fun matchup in the Mountain West. There's going to be a, a, a quote-unquote premier player for Colorado State to kind of help them in their in their branding and, and what their team's going to be all about this next year. Eric, let me ask you. The, I feel like the Mountain West Conference has some serious talent all over the place. You had Jalen McDaniels. You had the, the Martin Twins. You had... Uh, uh, Caroline, right? Jordan Caroline, mm-hmm. Mr. Fire extinguisher himself. Uh, you <laughs> yeah. had you had Bragg. For, was he at Fresno? Bragg. Uh, what's the what, what, him and uh, the guard? I can't remember the doggone name. Yeah, Fresno had some great players. Yeah, and, and New I, Me- I even think New Mexico had some good players and that my, were a little underutilized. Do young you, talent exactly? Do you feel like the talent will be better this year? And I know it's probably too early to say, but maybe better this year than last year because I'm hearing New Mexico on paper looks like they're going to be neck and neck contenders with Utah State. Uh, yeah, I, I think that the talent level next year in the Mountain West will be even better than it was this last That's year. That's amazing. I think that the the Martin twins and Jordan Caroline they kind of sucked up all the oxygen. Sure. With the the talent in the Mountain West, they sure. got all the attention, deserved or not. Um, but they got a lot of the attention, and there wasn't a lot given to too many other players in the league. And I think that the some of these guys coming back, the Miish, Carvacho, uh, McDaniel's looks like he's not going to come back. But there's still a lot of young talent in the Mountain West that I, I think the talent level is going to be even better because there were quite a few underclassmen that played mm-hmm. significant minutes for their team. So I think it'll be as 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 fun as it was. It was Nevada and. Seemingly everybody else for much of the early part of the conference season, and then certainly we know what USU did. But uh, I think this next year it'll be several teams fighting at the top, and uh, I, I don't know that there's going to be a grand separation. Uh, I think it'll be really competitive, uh, especially with San Diego State, Fresno State made some big strides, USU, New Mexico, um, and then. Who knows? There might be a, a sleeper out there with the new coach at UNLV and how if that turns things around or if that is going to be a little bit of a project. I'm excited to see the coaching matchup. You know, we talked about last year how good the coaching matchup would be between Eric Musselman and, and Craig Smith. Steve Alford versus Craig Smith on the sidelines is going to be a chess match. And and that's how I see it. And uh, 
I mean, call me biased or whatever. I like Coach Smith's chances by a long shot. But, I mean, Alford's been there, done that. His resume is, is, is really good. Uh, I, that could be a really interesting uh, matchup to see. So, I mean, coaches, are, by the way, on, on the sideline could be good. I know uh, New Mexico, uh, I mean, they've got, what was his name? I can't remember his name now. Um, they got the young guy, but he's, I mean, he'll be back for another year with a loaded, loaded roster. Uh, UNLV will be good again, I, I think. Um, they've made some changes as well. So, I, yeah, I, I think, I mean, really, your your obvious favorite is, is Utah State, but just, I mean, understand the Mount West Conference is going to be just as competitive as it was last year, and last year, I'd say it was pretty darn competitive. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think that there were, there's been some coaching changes, some veteran coaches coming in, uh, but also there's some young coaches that have some really interesting uh, pedigree and experience in their own right. So uh, this this next year for the Mountain West basketball, uh, I think it's going to be a blast. It, it, it could very well be conceivable that Utah State does not win as many games as they did this year, but still be a better team. Mm-hmm. But the, the league itself will be better and it'll be harder to come by with victories for, for Utah State, but still be a better team. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. And, and with that, I think the conference improving itself helps Utah State. They may not win as many games, but the conference will be tougher, which might be good for Utah State. I, do you like that they're going to be a top 25 preseason team? I mean, I, I, when, when, when we say that, I, I mean, I'm looking at like 98% chance that happens. But I, I always just like being the little underdog. Nobody knows us. Nobody, you know... Nobody cares about us. You know, Utah State's just flying underneath the radar. And then all of a sudden, boom, they pop up right there. They get you a couple big wins in the preseason. They show up in conference, and uh, they take care of business there. Oh, man, I kind of miss being the secret all of a sudden. Uh, I thought it was interesting how Coach Smith talked about expectations and managing those expectations for next year. Uh, But uh, really putting it in perspective, look, this – this team's pretty salty about how they lost yeah, that their the game. last game. Yep. And that, that that's the motivation they need. They're not going to pay attention to preseason polls or anything. They're going to see how how they got worked on national TV in the NCAA tournament. That's motivation enough. And I love what Coach Smith said yesterday. We'll make sure that as a coaching staff. That the whole top 25 preseason, yeah, it's fun. It's nice. It's great for the fans. It's great for the media. Uh, but we still got a job to do. And a top 25 preseason poll ranking doesn't win us a first round in the NCAA tournament. So uh, if, if anyone can keep these kids focused, it's Coach Craig Smith and, this, and his coaching staff. They'll, they'll be sure to do just that. This yeah, is going to be fun, Eric. Not oh only my concerned gosh. about that. It's going to be so much fun. Now if we can just avoid the Idaho Potato Bowl on January 3rd. <laughs> <laughs> that is still so ridiculous. I know. They did that. I know. Uh, but yeah, the basketball season, there's still work to be done for Coach Smith and his coaching staff. Yeah. Uh, ben Fakira, uh, that, again, that was announced yesterday. He is leaving the program. He's going to go back to Australia. Uh, that opens up an available scholarship. Uh, how does USU fill that? Will it be a, another uh, high school uh, recruit that they bring in with many years to play and develop? Do they bring in somebody to help right now in a graduate transfer? Do they go after junior college transfer? So the, the, it's pretty wide open about what they can do. Uh, but now certainly knowing what 
Keta's intentions are, that kind of helps refine their focus a little bit and then to look at what positions do we still yeah, need. Yeah, now we can get on. to work. Uh, but also balancing that with what's the what's the best guy that we can get. Yeah. I mean, if you've got a, an opportunity to get a, a real difference maker, man, you, you take him. Mm-hmm. Regardless of if you already have three other guys at that position. You know, but looking at the roster and some of the people that have left, I mean, you got to think point guard's got to be high. In I was about to say just that. And, and you know what? People are like, well, we need a starting point guard. We need to start. We need, we, I thought Abel Porter did a fine job. In fact, there were stats that proved it up, backed up by our very own Daniel Hansen, who did the stats, by the way, that proved that Abel Porter was helped players on the court be more productive with him at the helm. And I and I, I honestly I don't know why people were bagging on. Oh, we needed a starting point guard. We have one. Abel Porter did just fine. But uh, the team was ran more effectively, more efficiently. Players themselves were playing at their better selves when Abel Porter was the point guard. Um, but again, I'll say it again: if you get a chance to get somebody that's going to be a significant difference maker, then. You play him at the point if that's that's his position. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next few weeks. I don't imagine that they have much time to to, to mess around uh, with trying to, to fill that extra uh, scholarship spot on the Utah State basketball. But you got to consider um, Tarian Knight left, John Knight the third left, Crew Abel left. Those crew age. Crew, crew, sorry, crew able. Crew age left. <laughs> That's right. That's a combination of the two. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, those guys all, in some form or another, played the point guard position. Yeah. So you got one point guard. And I like having Sam at that shooting guard just because it keeps the ball out of his hands and lets him kind of move around through screens, exhaust his defender to where he can get an open look. Um, but, yeah, I and like I said, I just I don't understand why people were just so bagging on him. On Abel Porter for you know for whatever reason, I thought Abel was very well. You know, I guess he he performed well at the job. I know everyone's going to look at the Washington game. Well, guess what? Not a lot of guys really performed well against the Washington Huskies. To be quite Fine. honest, sign somebody who had a good. Do game. you think Justin Bean? I because I was looking at John Rothstein, who is a college basketball analyst for CBS Sports, and he tweeted the following that his his sports and not sports. Well, his starting lineup would consider, of course, Abel Porter, Sam Merrill, Namiyash Keta, Justin Bean, Clay Stahl. Wow. Interesting. That's what I said. Is Justin, I mean, Justin Bean's incredible. He was awesome last year. So fun to watch. A spark. Uh, spark is the best way to describe him. Um, how he gets after rebounds. Physically, I mean, people like Aggressive, I mean, opponents walk and walk and walk on the corner. They're like, "What is this church ball? I'm gonna knock this kid around!" And then he's beating you up. You know, he's getting dirty on the floor, getting a loose ball. I like him off the bench though, because he just brings that excitement when you want it. That that lineup would concern me only in that I wonder where uh, are there enough shooters. On the That's court? true. Uh, so I. Keta is gonna says he wants to work on a, more of an outside shot. Um, Sam Merrill obviously is a great outside shooter. Uh, Abel can shoot outside. He does a little, not a lot. Um, but you know who, who your other shooter is going to be? So, yeah. 
No, I I would absolutely agree. Because Quinn Taylor, even at the four, he could stretch it out and hit the three point shot. Clay Stall, I don't know. Uh, it's not something we saw him do before, <laughs> but maybe that's something he's been working on while he's been rehabbing. So sure, but that that would be my one concern with that lineup. Okay, yeah. So wait, forgive me. He had. I, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Abel Porter, Sam Merrill, Brock Miller, uh, Justin Bean, and Amish Ked is what he had. Sorry about that. Okay, that I could see that a little better. Um, as as Brock uh, continues to work on his shots. Yeah, he kind of struggled there for a little bit, didn't he? I know he, yeah, he had moments where it was it was working out pretty well, and then yeah, he, he kind of go cold for a while. Went cold for a while, yeah, yeah. Um, Nonetheless, though, November cannot come soon enough anymore. I mean, I, as much as I'm excited about football season and the schedule uh, the Aggies got, going to LSU, going to Wake Forest, you get BYU at home, a third straight chance to beat them consecutively, which would be amazing, just mind-numbing, and actually might put the final nail in the coffin for Kalani Satake's job um, if Utah takes care of business as well. But uh, just a lot of excitement to go ahead and look at November um, and if the Aggies are in a bowl game, hey, or at least fighting for a Mount West, can you imagine the Aggie basketball team's in Jamaica, and sandwiched in between that is a home game against the Boise State. You know, and if you win that game, there's some. Hopefully, if the season can turn out the way we're hoping for, then we have a chance to go participate in the Mount West Conference Championship, if not host a Mount West Conference Championship game. Not a bad idea, Not buddy. Not bad. Not bad at all. <laughs> so much fun. There's going to be high expectations for both USU football and basketball. Oh, my goodness. Yes, there year. is. Yeah, like never before. As should be. As should be. Yeah. I mean, the, when you look at some of the people coming back, you look at what they did this last year, and you look at what the schedule is, should be, should be good crowds. Tougher schedule for football, too. Yes. Much tougher at home. Absolutely. Uh, coming up next year on the Full Court Press, let's talk about the NBA Finals. The oh my NHL gosh, it's 427. Stanley Cup is also already upon us. And uh, our, our predictions, some of our thoughts. There's also some kind of crazy news out there in the NBA. Oh, no. Wait, about what? one team willing to trade away perhaps some of its most premier assets. Are they taking a loss a little too hard? We'll find out. Coming up next on the Full Court Press. The Aggies, Jazz, High Schools, even the Pee Wee's T-Ball team. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio. The Fan. Eric Franson, AJ Salveson. It's the Full Court Press here on 106.9 The Fan, also on 1390 AM, and streaming online at 1069thefan.com. Hey, Eric, I got a uh, question that I was supposed to ask you. Uh, who is your contender to Utah State's defending throne of the Mount West Commerce Championship uh, for the basketball team? Oh, good question. Um, I, I think there's going to be a couple of contenders, but I... I think I look at Fresno State absolutely a little bit more. Yeah, don't blame you. This there was a young coach there. They made uh, big strides for themselves. Uh, they've got some really good returning talent. Uh, Fresno State, I think, makes me nervous more than just about anybody. Yeah, and New Mexico will look really good on paper. Whether they can put that together in a new system is going to be yet to be seen. Um, I. I'm tell- I just know that there is a huge and a very, very extremely visible target 
that is seen all the way to San Diego State on Utah State's back. Everybody oh, knows yeah. who Utah State is. That is the that is the mountain to climb, and that is you know who you want to knock off the pedestal. And I'm telling you, teams like Fresno and teams like New Mexico State would love nothing more than be that team to knock them off. I mean, thankfully Huggins from Fresno State, he's graduating. He'll be gone. That was the kid I was thinking about. Sean Taylor, yeah. he'll be graduating. He'll be gone. But uh, I mean, those those two were really really good for Fresno. Um, <laughs> how they replace them will be key. They. <laughs> but I still think they're going to be a really, really good team. Uh, New Mexico would probably be the next one. Did you see Coach Smith's tweet? Because they were the young and really, really good too. <laughs> Did you see Coach Smith just tweeted out a uh, you know that big stick figure or whatever that was the waving arms to Miyashketa? Uh, he just tweeted a big photo of that, and uh, he's fired up. Coach Smith is about having the Miyash back, and why not? This is uh, boy that with him back makes Utah State very, very. Um, I guess what uh, favorable option in the uh, at least to make an appearance in the NCAA tournament for the second consecutive year, which would be amazing. Just got to go finish the job now. Uh, I'm just looking at the roster for New Mexico. Okay, and they they lose Mathis. Yeah, he was a really good point guard for them. Sure was. Um, but they've they've got some of the guys coming back, uh, and they have a couple Magalt of coming back. Grad Carlton transfers Bragg is two. coming back. Who the Aggies own Carlton Bragg? Oh my gosh! But still, I mean, he could be he could be dangerous. But um, uh, yeah, there's some transfers coming in and to I, the league. Could I, be interesting. I gotta be honest. When I see New Mexico being put together, and I know it sounds crazy, but I, I and but I don't feel like I'm I'm way off base here. I feel like teams are building to go beat Utah State with Namish back. I mean, they, they almost assume that Namish was coming back and they're thinking, we got to find a way to beat this team and that some teams built it that way because with the seniors they got, that they want to go get that shot in them while they can. Yeah, the other team to watch out for um, is Boise. You think the, so? I, I think so. Why? I, I think that they... They were kind of rebuilding last year, but still played some pretty decent basketball. Um, they've got some young guys that that'll be coming back that could be kind of fun. So that uh, they only lose a few seniors off of their team, so they could be an interesting team to watch out for. Absolutely, would 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 not could not agree with you more. Um, hey, real quick, I know we're going to talk NBA Finals really quickly. Uh, I, I, I was asked a question earlier today of our thoughts so far about the MLB season. We've been able to share our thoughts a little bit every now and then. Um, can I give you a bold take right now? And I think it's an honest take, too, that the Houston Astros are the most overhyped and overrated baseball team that's won a championship since the Chicago White Sox in 2005. Say that one more time. Okay, so the Houston Astros are the most overhyped and overrated team to win a World Series championship since the Chicago White Sox of 2005. Why? Because they're based out of a really garbage division. Um, you know, they and, and, I, and I feel like it was all based on but the fact that... they're beating up people lucky, outside of their division, too. Uh, uh, I mean, well, I mean, what? They swept the Cubs? You know what? The Cubs are the most bipolar baseball team in baseball Well, it right doesn't now. help when their guys out <laughs> outfield run into each other and knock themselves out. 
that's what my freshman team was last year. I just I feel like the Houston Astros are just this team that um, continually gets lucky bounces their way, and 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 when the, if they don't get that lucky bounce, they don't win a World Series championship. I mean, I'm happy for him. It's a cool story. It's really nice. But I think people, um, really I, you know, I well, well, let's let's pump the brakes there. Um, I feel like some people, the imp- I won't name names, but just jump on the bandwagon without knowing the history of the Astros and say, "Oh no, no, no! This is the best team in baseball. They are, they are the machine. They're not. They absolutely are not." And uh, I just, I just want to make that clear that the Astros are fake. Wow, I, I don't agree with that. I think they're really, great. Good. I, I think they're good. I think they got good pitching. I think they got great hitting. Mm, uh, pitching, I don't know about that. They got great hitting, but I mean, look, Korea had a day off. Right, he was healthy, had a day off, came back to the team, and he had like sore ribs, and now I guess it's like a broken rib or something. He's out for six weeks. I'm telling you, when bad luck bounces against this team, they're bad. When they get the lucky bounces, they're they're just they're fine. They but have I'm, 37 wins. The Minnesota Twins also have 37 wins. Yankees have 36, and the Dodgers have 36. Those and, and are by your the top way, teams in baseball right now. Four three five seven five two one zero six nine. If you want to call in, I just I, I mean I want fans to know who have just jumped on the bandwagon because it was nice and shiny. Cute colors of blue and orange. Yeah, when that wagon has the paint rusted off, getting beat up too much, you're going to go look for a new wagon. I'm, I'm just throwing it out there. It, it, it's a cute wagon so far, but it's, it's uh, I don't know. It, it's going to get rusted up and it's going to get beat up by a lot of other legit good baseball teams like the Dodgers. And they know and and, and and do so maybe sometime down the road if they were to... I, I think the Braves could beat them. I really do. I, I think the Yan- if they meant the playoffs, the Yankees would beat them in a five-game series. Wow. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm not totally down on Houston. Uh, I think they're still a pretty good team. I, I don't... <sighs> The AL East is better than the AL West. I mean, look at the look at the Twins. So they're ten games up on their next closest one. Are they they benefit from being in a weak division too? But they're a really good baseball team. Oh, easy. The only really good baseball team that is leading their division right now. Actually, there's two of them. Uh, The Yankees are one at thirty six and nineteen. Their division is delicious. The AL East is the toughest division in the American League. Oh, the Red Sox are not. Like they were last year, twenty nine and twenty six. Still, you know, you know, you say that, but they're still twenty nine and twenty six. Thirty three and eighteen is a race. Thirty six and nineteen is the Yankees. And 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 you look at Houston's division; they're thirty seven and nineteen. Then there's a team that's three games over five hundred, and then a five hundred baseball team. Uh, the Philadelphia Phillies are a good baseball team. They lead their division. They're a good baseball team. Chicago Cubs, they're bipolar. They have their ups and downs. The Dodgers are a good baseball team. The Phillies, Dodgers, and Yankees could beat the Astros in a five-game series right now as we speak. If the playoffs were to start today in a five-game series, the Astros would lose to those three baseball teams and get knocked out. And then we'd all realize, oh, wait, AJ was right. Should have just listened to him before. No, don't do that. 
Here's a new here's a new wagon to jump on. Don't listen to AJ. It's bad for you. So all you Astro fans, just calm yourselves down and understand that um, A, you haven't been an Astros fan that long, and B, your team just gets lucky bounces and so it just looks good. Champions get lucky bounces. Well, yeah, ask the Giants in 2007. Let's not talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. All don't. right, let's just shift to the NBA and the NHL. That's coming up next after this timeout on the Full Court Press. The new home for the Full Court Press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric France and Ajay Salveson. It's the Full Court Press. Hey, by the way, I just want to remind you, uh, big news coming up next hour. It'll be on our sister station, KVNU. That's 610 AM, 102.1 FM. Since we're all in the same group, it's okay that we can invite you to leave our station and go somewhere else. For news like this, absolutely. Uh, so the, we've there's been this search that's been going on for the last several days for this uh, young five-year-old. Uh, sounds like today that the police have some closure uh, on this case. Um, so there'll be more details revealed at five o'clock. And uh, to my understanding, I think they, to what I understand, that that will be uh, broadcast live. Um, but uh, certainly be checking back to CashValleyDaily.com for uh, updates and more details as this continues to unfold today. Um, the NBA is. Uh, Getting ready for the uh, NBA Finals, which begin tomorrow. NHL Stanley Cup is already underway. They've already had one game in the books. Game two is coming up. Um, before we get into the NBA, just a thought on the NHL. There haven't been very many fights in the postseason. And there was a wicked hit in oh, game one. Awesome. And it totally changed momentum. Uh, uh, and all of a sudden, his name slipped in my mind. The guy that got hit, he's not going to be available for game two. Um, he got, and he's a rookie too, by the way. Yeah, he got he got slammed pretty pretty hard. But um, there's there's an interesting discussion uh, that I was reading about how basically the enforcers, the the goon squad, is kind of going away in the NHL as uh, it's becoming more finesse and uh, you know these more marketable uh, people and and things like this. You don't want to mess up your face as much, so. Um, it's a, it's an interesting changing trend. I don't know if it's a permanent one or if it's just kind of a, a blip on the radar for right now. But that that is part of the interesting aspect of of the NHL is when you, the guys are allowed to square off against each other. Well, here's the thing: when Tory Krug uh, was hit and he felt like it was a cheap shot, he got angry. And Boston at this time was was struggling to kind of get some rhythm, get going. I mean, the the most notable thing is you go look at that guy and just go cheap shot him back. Credit to Tory though, to go find where the play is and to say, you know what, I'll just go and level myself in a way that I can get this crowd hyped up. Because a fight can, you know, I don't know if it really do the trick, but to go find the rookie, Robert Thomas, and just clock him, which wasn't illegal in any way, shape, or form. It was a clean hit. Let's make that very clear. But what, I mean, you think about the Bobby Orr, photo right when he's flying through the air for Boston arms spread out after scoring a big goal I think it was a game winning goal actually you think about that photo and this is almost a trademark of it of of Tory no helmet 
hair flying through the air and clocking Thomas, and it just set that place on fire. Man, Boston is smart sports fans, unlike Houston Astro fans. Boston <laughs> is smart sports fans, and 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 they, I mean, and they know when a big moment arrives, and that was a big moment. Set that team going. They went four two in game one. Um, and and the thing is now is 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 can St. Louis recover? But you're right. You know, if you're St. Louis, you got to find a retaliate. And you know what? Maybe that includes getting into a little bit of a you know a scuffle here and there to get your team going. Right, that's true because there hasn't been a lot of it, yeah. uh, frankly, in these playoffs. Uh, and the, the, certainly, the St. Louis Blues—it's a fun story. It's an exciting story that's caught a lot of people's attention for how they were so bad early in the year and then turned things around. And they kind of feel like it, it could be a team of destiny. But then you know, Boston Bruins have gone out and they've had their own good season, and they're back in the, in the championship. Uh, Boston is a city that's. Gosh, the, the Red Sox won it, then the Patriots won it. <laughs> now can the the can the their NHL franchise do the same? Uh, it's uh, it, boy, it's been what a hundred days or so mm-hmm. since they've had a, a victory parade. Mm-hmm. So it's really rough living in Boston <laughs> these days. Yeah, okay, but you know, I mean, we all remember the days back in two thousand ninety eight, ninety nine, two thousand when the Red Sox couldn't get it done, the Patriots couldn't get it done. They got, I mean, clobbered by the Packers in the ninety eight or ninety seven Super Bowl. Um, and I mean, those were dark days for Boston and the Celtics were horrible, horrendous basketball team. Imagine that. Um, and so, yeah, they've had this string of great teams and sure, a little bit of luck, but unlike the Houston Astros, they were great teams all along and they could get the job done. banging on that. Uh, okay. Uh, let's, so who do you like in this series in the Stanley Cup? Who's going to come away with the trophy? Boston. And I don't know if it's really, I think it's four games to one. I, I I think Boston. Um, I think Boston. I mean, they've been there. They've done that. They got a ton of veterans on this team. In fact, their whole starting lineup is veterans, and uh, and and guys who have actually been in the Stanley Cup Finals. So this is no new territory for them. I, I like Boston. And I like them in a, a route. Uh, I'm going to say St. Louis are a team of destiny, and wow. uh, they got some mojo on their side. I like the hot. They're going to retaliate in Game Two and uh, kind of steal some momentum in their favor. I like the hot take. So it'll be a long series, and I'm not going to say they're going to take care of business quickly, but uh, I'm I'm going with St. Louis because I missed out on the opportunity to see them live when they sucked. <laughs> <laughs> As the turnaround was happening, I didn't realize what was going on, and I snubbed my nose at them. That was good. All right, so another quick step aside. We want to come back. Some thoughts about the NBA Finals, which get underway here in a few days. Players could be making a return and how that might impact how this series will go throughout the rest of the uh, these NBA playoffs. We'll talk about it coming up next on the Full Court Press. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. In talks with teams around the league in the last several days. Daryl Morey has made essentially his entire roster available. Now, there's really a very limited scope on the possibility of a James Harden deal. That That's almost, almost impossible. Welcome back to the Full Court Press. That was Adrian Wojnarowski. Uh, just as an aside before we get into the NBA Finals, it's not like the Houston Rockets are only to 
carve up their roster. Look, remember, it was championship or bust for this team. They Except were the favorite to win, Harden. Eric. They were the favorite to win. They were supposed to beat this Golden State team, go to the NBA Finals, and win that championship. Right. Had it not been for Chris Paul's injury, they were going to do it. And they didn't do it. And they didn't take care of it. And you know what? They even lost at home. I mean, you had a game at home and, and you and you couldn't. F- yeah. And so, yeah, I'm sure there is a panic button that's being, I mean, that's been hit a couple times with a sledgehammer. Is this uh, a really an overreaction no, to, the, to the Rockets? No, well. Or is that experiment just, if they've shown that it just doesn't work? That's a great question, Eric. And there's a yes and no to it. Yes, because, uh, you know, you still have a very capable team going out to win games. Uh, you look, you just, I mean. It's tough when you lose to Golden State without their best player in Kevin Durant. It it sure is tough, and it's and it's mind boggling, and it's really, really, really frustrating. But no, because that team was supposed to win a championship last year, and again, they didn't have Kevin Durant on the other side. And you're supposed to beat a team without Kevin Durant. You have James Harden, who, by the way, was uh, um, was just I don't know. He's a disappearing act in game was it six, right, Eric? Uh, yes. That go game that went six games, right? Um, and but, but look, Houston was a team that, yes, they had high expectations, but they also dealt with a lot of injuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they had to basically retool their roster during the regular season. They dumped Carmelo Anthony. They made some other in-season trades. Chris Paul was injured for good chunks. Clint Capella was injured during chunks. And it was really James Harden doing it all himself and quite literally doing it uh, okay to still win enough games to get themselves into that upper echelon of home court advantage. So I'm, I'm just a little surprised that Houston's like, ah, oh, we didn't make it. Everything's for sale. <laughs> you Make you me an offer. Our mascot, you know what? You're on for sale now. No. Uh, yeah, it's, it's and you know, like I said, free agency is going to be a very, very, very crazy time. Um, this trading period. And by the way, Tucker, I don't think you should trade him. He has a very flexible contract. It is very... Uh, friendly, if you will. No reason. He's a good basketball player. Eric Gordon, same thing. But do you know what? I can guarantee you that that organization is getting a ton of phone calls about those two guys. Oh, yeah. A ton of phone calls. Right, because they're affordable and they're effective. Yep. Clint Capella, I think teams would like him, but he's expensive. Absolutely. All right, let's talk about the series that gets underway this week. Oh, man. Golden State, Toronto. It starts in Toronto. By the way, uh, the NBA has confirmed that the... The, the NBA has spoken with the Toronto Raptors during the Eastern Conference Finals about Drake. Oh, good. And about really? his shenanigans. Oh, well, thank goodness. This isn't the first time they've had to talk to him about behaving himself. Last year, he got into a run-in with Kendrick, Kendrick Perkins. Per- yeah, I was goodness, I remember that. Yeah. Kendrick about nearly killed him, and I think when Drake really like like looked at him and saw what like, his oh, size was compared man. to Kendrick, yeah, uh, I'll step down. So this series, uh, two things of note real quickly. Okay. Uh, Kevin Durant is traveling with the team. They've made it clear that he will not play in game one. He's questionable that he'll play in game two. But there is a chance that DeMarcus Cousins could play as soon as game one. How much of a difference is it with DeMarcus Cousins on the court versus Kevin Durant on the court for Golden State in this series? It matters. It matters. Uh, I'd rather take Durant over DeMarcus Cousins. No offense, Boogie, but I'd rather much take Kevin Durant. Um, but Boogie does help because, again, they have a lot of length on this. on, on got big Marcus all On the Raptors' side, yep. And, by the way, Kawhi Leonard, it doesn't matter what the height is, he can seem to score at will. Uh, and so I think DeMarcus presents that physical presence that sometimes Kawhi can struggle with. 
Uh, I don't know how much of an effect it will be, and I don't know how healthy DeMarcus is, but this this is interesting. Well, and how many minutes he'll be able to give? Yeah, him. amen. And you know, even if it, you know, what, even a little bit of minutes will help Golden State in a lot of ways, though. I think it'll be this series may be determined by how long Kevin Durant is out. I think that this really? is a different series for Golden State. I think the matchups favored them against Portland that will not favor them the same way against Toronto. They're, they will need Kevin Durant more in this series than they would in that series against Portland. Um, so I, I think this will be a long series. I think it'll be six or seven games. I think this is over in five. I, I <laughs> Look, Golden State just beat, I mean, I mean, they leveled teams without Kevin Durant. And I don't, I just, I don't see. And if it was Milwaukee, I'd say go six or seven. But at Toronto, I think it's over. True, five. but they had to come down back from 15, 17 points in the last three games. I don't think you can do that against a veteran Toronto team. The same way you could against the Portland Trailblazers. The depth on 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 Golden State is is still much. I, I think it favors Golden State much more than it does Toronto. I would, I'd say the And opposite. by the way, I, Kyle I Lowry, Toronto's depth is Kyle, And you know what? Kyle Lowry will have problems with Steph Curry. Yes, he will. And that's going to be will. a big thing. Uh, Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Vliet, they'll have their hands full. Um, but I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to this matchup. I thought that the Milwaukee matchup would be more fun. Me too. But um, I've, I've really liked this Toronto Raptors team, and I'm looking forward to this uh NBA Finals. So you say six or seven with this series? I do. I still I pick Golden State. I, I still hope pick Golden it is. State, but I think it'll go longer than some people might think. Okay. Yeah, I'm saying five. I, and uh, hey, I does, think especially if Steph Durant is first out MVP? for an extended amount of time. Does Steph win his first Finals MVP? Uh, possibly if Durant is out, out for a longer period of time. Yeah. Okay. It's gonna be more on his shoulders. Yeah. Me too. I think Steph wins it. All right. Have a great night, everybody. 